You're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast and Post Game Show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of our podcast, and welcome to our Bears-Rams primetime postgame show. The final whistle just sounded, and our Bears took care of business against the L.A. Rams with a tough victory, 15-6 to in a defensive battle throughout the majority of this game, but the Bears' defense took care of the Rams' offense from the start to the finish of this game, which is going to be the story of it. But I'm your host, Will DeWitt, and to help me break down this game, I have two of my co-hosts right here with me. I'm joined by Nicholas Moriano and Brandon Hazlett. And guys, before we break down this week's game, I think we need to let our listeners know about a potential change here that we're undergoing, right? That's probably a good idea. Yeah, I think it would be a good idea to let everybody know. So just in case you don't know, uh, we got a nice letter from uh, some attorneys uh, from, I'm going to call them the league uh, for now, uh, pretty much saying that um, the branding that we've had now for three years is uh, no longer going to be allowed by them. So uh, currently we're nameless. Currently we don't have an identity. Uh, we're just three dudes talking about Chicago Bears football right now. And uh, we'll figure it out as we go throughout this week. So look for some changes. And if you don't know where we are, please just find a way to uh, keep up with us. I'm going to try to make this as easy as possible as we go through this transition. Uh, it's nothing that we wanted to do here, especially in the midst of a very pivotal point in the season. Um, but regardless, we're here. I don't know what more to say about that, but if you do have any questions, uh, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, currently on Twitter, still at, uh, I can't really say that right now. <laughs> so you know where we're at. Uh, please, if you need anything, let's let us know. But uh, again, our brand may be changing, but our content is going to remain the same. So let's go ahead and begin this week's postgame show, per usual, with our opening drive and first quarter of our show. And let's go ahead and begin with my monster moment of the week, and my monster moment has to be how the Bears came out of the second half, right? You come out, within a couple of plays, boom, safety. You go from a 6-6 uh, lead uh, tie, and then, of course, the Rams have an opportunity to start the second half of the ball. You take that away, you add some points in your favor. And then, of course, the Bears, on their unsuing drive on offense, was able to capitalize with points as well um, with a touchdown pass to Bradley Sell. Uh, so <laughs> all of that combined, uh, which we'll talk about that, course in the second quarter of the show is going to be my monster moment because that was the difference in this game uh for the bears so for me that's gonna be my monster moment that's uh safety to begin the second half and brandon i'm gonna go over to you for your stat of the game there's a few stats that i want to throw out but i'll narrow it down to one uh when we get to the end of my my little segment here uh first of all the bears held the Rams to three of 12 on third down that plays a big part in the game when we also look at the time of possession the bears held the ball for 36 minutes and 49 seconds in this game that plays a, a huge difference as far as how many opportunities the Rams have to score and not score because the Bears have the ball for significantly a much longer period of time throughout this game. And lastly, I think the one telling one that I think we all agreed on on Thursday uh, was the Bears had to win the turnover battle, and they did. Plus one, seven turnovers in the game. The Rams had four of them. The Bears had three of them. Ultimately, that is going to be the state of the game because I think that is the one thing that um, we can all agree on that you know quarterbacks on both sides played very sloppily. Uh, and the Bears were able to take advantage of all the pressure they put on Jared Goff and was able to pick him off four times. Uh, so I think that by itself is pretty amazing, uh, considering how high-flying and potent this Rams 
passing offense is. In fact, they're able to pick off Jared. Ooh, we may have lost Brandon, but he was going to finish. Who did he pick off? Jared. No, I'm, just... I'm kidding. All right. I, I just wanted to say that uh, his point of 3-12 and 12 on third down was crucial because the Rams came in uh, with the, I think, eighth best third down offense in the entire league, uh, converting on over 40%, and then to only hold him to 3-12, of which is 25%, um, just proves just how pivotal, uh, well, not pivotal isn't the word, but just how great the Bears defense was on third down, stepping up and getting that Rams offense off the field, which was a big key of this game, was to try to keep them off the field as much as possible, which goes back to Brandon's point about time of possession as well. But, uh, Nick, I have to hand it over to you. You better give us a knack, right? Oh, absolutely. And I was going a bunch of different directions on what the knack should actually be. But at some point, you guys, you have to you have to wonder, when is Aaron Donald going to make a, one of those impact plays? But he never did. And that's where the knack goes. It goes to that protection up front from the offensive line to the tight ends to the running backs, all doing their part. And for the most part, keeping Trubisky clean and not allowing Aaron Donald to impact this game in a big way. Because coming to this game, 16 and a half sacks, leading the entire NFL. He's been doing it all year long. But you know what? It never really happened. It didn't happen at all in this game. And that's a huge part of what the Rams defense is. Aaron Donald, if he can get to the opposing quarterback and wreak havoc, it changes the whole dynamics of the game. But that never happened. And a lot of a lot of credit goes to Brian Witzman, who I was thinking was going to be a liability out there. And also James Daniels, the rookie out of Iowa, being able to go toe for toe with Aaron Donald. And, you know, he obviously had help. But that just shows that, look, the Bears knew what they had to do to stop their best, arguably the best player in the league. And they did a fantastic job at that. So the knack goes to the protection all day and just keeping Aaron Donald out of the stat sheet and from making a huge impact in this game. Yeah, everyone was fearing a big day out of Donald, and he was non-existent uh, throughout the majority, if not the entirety, of this game. And like you mentioned, uh, for the Bears to find a way to, uh, I think on Thursday, our coin was mitigating the damage, and they did that and then some, so definitely a knack there. Uh, that leads to the lowdown, and Nick, I want to go right back to you there. Uh, I want to know, why did the Bears win? What does it boil down to? Yeah, so when I was uh, going just tweeting throughout the game, I was saying that both quarterbacks were just not playing very good football. And look, Jared Goff, Mr. Risky played awful, to be completely honest. Three interceptions to four interceptions for Goff. But it was really what uh, the Bears were able to do running the football just to at least get their opportunity and position to score. Jordan Howard, guys, Jordan Howard had his first 100-yard rushing game. And that was huge in how the Bears were able to get win win this game 101 yards on third and 19 carries that was a huge part but look this this couldn't have all been done without the defense that's what it really comes down to how the defense was able to play from start to finish when you hold the rams to six points you deserve to win the football game for an offense that was scoring the high 30s yes it was really the defense and a complimentary with jordan howard running the football very well yeah, when you're looking at Todd Gurley at uh, 28 yards rushing, incredible. And I think 10 came on one run later in this game as well. And then, of course, the four interceptions that we got on golf, only 180 total yards from him passing. It's the Bears' defense came to play today, and they proved why they are arguably the best unit of all football right now, which, of course, is music to our ears as Bears fans. Uh, but it's time to find out who's going to be our MVB out of all of this. There's a lot of options, a lot of areas in which we can kind of take this direction. Uh, but, Brandon, I'm going to go to you first. Who's going to be your MVB for this Bears' huge victory here in Week 14? 
Uh, I predicted that it would be Roquan Smith on Thursday. I think I'm going to stick with that pick because uh, he came out early. He said uh, set a very good example with the interception. Almost had another one later in that first half. Uh, was able to shut down a, a pass over the middle that Jared Goff was looking for uh, to try and convert on a fourth down. Didn't get it. Akeem Hicks goes in there and gets the sack. Uh, and there were a couple other plays. The one that other one that stands out to me is the one that he uh, read the screen, uh, the wide receiver screen very well, stepped in on the play action, was able to get out there, stop the receiver on the screen. He just set a very, very good example, uh, set a very good tone in this one, especially from uh, early on. Probably had a couple more chances at some interceptions, uh, but didn't, didn't quite execute on it due to poor ball placement by Goff. Uh, so overall, I think that the Roquan Smith deserving of it. I think he made a, a very good name for himself in this one. Absolutely. What about you, Nick? Uh, who do you want to give your MVP award to? Man, there there are a lot of guys that are really deserving, and I think Akeem Hicks is a guy who, you know, I want to say is the MVP, but I'm actually going to take this a completely different route, and only for, because this player had to step up in a time where we had an already an excellent player playing at that position. And look, Sheriff McManus, he, he ended the day with seven total tackles, coming in with six uh, solo tackles, and look, this is a guy coming in who hasn't played that much on defense. Yes, he makes a lot of special team contributions, and he was actually injured, um, I think, two weeks ago, so coming back in, you know, just getting acclimated to this, and now you have to go play the nickel the nickel corner against the Rams uh, offense. Good luck. But you know what? Sherrick McManus wasn't a liability out there, and he was able to make a really good tackle on Gurley later in the game. So, look, Sherrick McManus, a guy that you – Look, honestly, don't want him out there, but he played great when he was asked to what he was asked to do and when he was asked to do it. So Sherrick McManus for coming in, filling in a pivotal position with that nickel corner with Bryce Callahan leaving in the game and just filling in and doing it well. Good stuff there, Nick. For me, I'm going to round out this by also going defense because I think that's very fitting with how this game was played. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give it to the big guy up front, right in the middle, number 91, Eddie Goldman. You're looking at a stat sheet, and you see the one tackle, one sack, one tackle for a loss, which, of course, is going to be that safety, um, which, again, was my monster moment. A very pivotal play in this game, but even when he wasn't getting uh, tackles, which, again, was every other play when he was out there, he was consistently getting pressure, consistently beating his man, putting instant pressure on golf, and just making life difficult in the pocket. I don't, I can't recall many clean pockets, if many, uh, if any, that golf had to work with. So for me, Eddie Goldman, uh, he kept winning his bat one-on-one battles in the trenches all game long, and the rest of their defense was kind of able to fall suit right behind him. So for someone who doesn't get a lot of love playing a very unsexy position at nose tackle, I think this is a perfect opportunity uh, to shed the light and give some recognition to big old, big old Eddie Goldman there. Uh, the safety kind of caps it off, but he had a heck of a game all the way around. All right, well, that's going to wrap up the first quarter of our postgame show. And before we enter the second quarter and break down uh, the Bears' offense's performance, of course, some of uh, Trubisky's struggles as well today, I need to call a quick timeout and tell you a little bit about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. Getting tickets online can be far too complicated. With hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability, it's hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek puts millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. As you know, everybody here on this podcast, we use the SeatGeek apps. We've been using it for years. Um, it's on our phones or devices or web browser. Um, any way you want to use it, it's by far the easiest way that we've been able to shop for tickets. I've used it for plenty of sport events, uh, concerts in the past as well. Um, by searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on the value, SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. And the best part of all is that, well, our listeners get $10 off their first Seeky purchase. So if you're looking to go uh, to a potential Bears game here coming up, which, you know, we have a one, what? We have Green Bay next? 
So mm-hmm. I, I mean, if you're looking to go root on this team, I check that out. And then of course, uh, you know, it's time to start thinking about some playoff tickets as well. Uh, Seeking is going to have those tickets as well. So just go ahead and download the Seeking app today and enter the promo code Bears. That's promo code Bears B E A R S for ten dollars off your first Seeking purchase. All righty. Well, you're listening to a currently nameless podcast. <laughs> I'm your host, Will DeWitt. I'm joined by my, I'm calling you guys my brothers because I believe you are, Brandon Hazlett and Nick Moriano. The three of us are breaking down, again, this Bears 15-6 to victory against now the 11-2 and LA Rams. It's now the time to dive into our discussion on the Bears offense. They had a hard time getting anything going through the air. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky coming back from his shoulder injury came off a little bit rusty today. Uh, mixed with the cold weather, he just wasn't, uh, the as impactful as we're used to seeing him being in a Chicago Bears uniform. Um, but other than that, they were able to establish the running game and stick to it. And they did all they needed to do today to win, even if it wasn't pretty, they did it. So, Nick, I want to go to you. And I'm curious to your take here, just some general takeaways on this offense before we started getting into our positional specifics. Yeah, general takeaways. I think uh, you saw some really good play calling from Matt Nagy again. There were guys wide. There were guys wide open um, against this Rams defense that has been prone to giving, you know, allowing opposing offenses to do what they want at will at times when Aaron Donald's not, you know, wreaking havoc. And I think for the most part, Matt Nagy called a good game, um, especially committing to the run. I know in the one touchdown drive to Sal, it was five five uh, passes to four runs or vice versa. So it was, it was balanced. And that's what you want to see from Matt Nagy. And, you know, the running game has been questionable all, you know, all year so far. But uh, when you see Jordan Howard able to, you know, get that 100-yard game and the team finished 194 yards total rushing, that's what you want, especially when you have your defense playing as well as it was and then Trubisky playing as poorly as he was. So I thought Nagy uh, called a good game, but when we'll talk about it. Mitch Trubisky. He had, I think, just to be brutally honest, I thought he played awful um, in terms of when, uh, when he was throwing the ball, uh, some of his decision-making, and then you saw consistent high throws. So that's what I saw, but again, they did enough. They scored 15, which is more than the Rams' six, so they did enough in this game. Exactly. I mean, everyone's like, could we score you know, more than the Rams? And when you have a defense like we have, it, the job was a little bit easier today um, than most weeks, but... Yeah, where I had the biggest, I guess, issue was all the points that they left on the board in the red zone. Every time they would go down there, they weren't able to convert. Um, I think they were one of three in the red zone, and I'm pretty sure Cody Parkey's last kick at the end where he missed uh, was just outside of that as well. So every time they got down to that condensed area of the field, uh, they had to keep settling uh, for field goals. And, of course, the one was that nine-play, 81-yard drive that ended in the Bradley Soul um, touchdown reception. Um, so that's the only way they found Pater today was get, uh, throwing the ball up there uh, to the reserve swing tackle. So um, it was, it's a very tough day for them down there in the red zone, which surprised me because the Rams' red zone defense was 23rd in the NFL, allowing opponents to score touchdowns 60% of the time. And the Bears today, 33%. And, of course, it goes, again, to their swing tackle of all people. Um, but on the flip side, third down, 7-16. to 16. Very impre- impressed and pleased with those numbers today. Uh, the Bears entered the, a couple games now. Of course, that was the Chase Daniel a little bit down in the third down numbers. The Rams were holding the opponents to less than one-third uh, over their last three games. And the Bears were 7-16, to 16, a little under 50%. And against a Rams defense, I thought that was uh, that's a number I could live with. And it was a big reason why, Brandon, you mentioned time of possession. The Bears were able to kind of churn the clock, keep stay on the field, keep the Rams offense off the field, even though they weren't doing anything while they're on it. Um, but for me, third down conversion was really good to see. Whereas on the flip side, red zone, I was a little bit disappointed today. What about you, B? Anything about this offense in general you want to bring up? 
Uh, yeah, Nick touched on it in the lowdown. Uh, Got to give some love to the big guys down there in the trenches. Uh, really kept Aaron Donald silent, and I think that played a very big part in why uh, Jordan Howard was able to have the 100-yard game. I don't know that he's had one yet this year, so it's nice to see him finally get over over that cusp that we know that he is more than capable of doing. And frankly, I thought that he put the offense on his back in this one. Uh, I just felt totally comfortable with him running the ball each and every time, and I you know, kept saying, work it, work it, work it, until they make them stop him. And it wasn't until later in the game when the Bears were trying to kill clock uh, that they were finally able to stop him, I think. So it was incredibly nice to see Jordan Howard get rolling there. Tariq Cohen, again, uh, we know how explosive he is. Uh, the offensive line, again, just did a very good job of creating holes for him. And once he hit the hole, man, he was gone a few times. I mean, he just hits him and he hits him fast, which is a really nice uh, nice change of back guy there. Uh, Trey Burton, uh, he had his first reception. That second one, I think he might have had a better day. Uh, if he reels in that second one, it hit him right in the gut. That would have been a game changer kind of on the improv busted wide receiver screen there to Taylor Gabriel. Instead, uh, Trubisky rolls right. Trey Burton makes the right play going down the sideline, but he's got to be able to make that catch. It's, I think that's a little bit more of a game changer confidence builder uh, for Trubisky in, in that situation. So that's when he's got to be able to catch. And I will get into Trubisky specifics uh, here shortly, I'm sure. But it was just weird to see him uh, be set uh, and still get a lot of these throws high and airmailed. Yeah, that was the problem, and I think that's the perfect segue to just jump right on into our you know, positional specifics and begin with quarterback under center with Trubisky today, which, again, he only had 100 yards passing. He was 16 of 30, the three interceptions. Nick, I want to know, cold weather, shoulder, rust, the perfect combination of the three, or the non-perfect, I guess, combination of the three, I should say, uh, what would you attribute his struggles to tonight? It, it's hard to say. I think it's got to be a little bit of everything. And look, Jared Goff also had a bad game. I don't think tonight was not planned for a quarterback to play well. And it just so happened that, you know, seven interceptions total between two guys. Complete, that's just awful. Do you think but, they had a pact like between the two? Like, okay, if I throw one, you throw one. Like like over the summer when the schedule came you know, out oh, and they're yeah. rooming together. They're like, hey, if I struggle, you struggle. Then we're, we both have bad games and no one feels bad. I th- maybe that's what it was. I mean, obviously, they did work out in the summer down in Cali and uh, got that chemistry going. But obviously, these guys are competitors. So you, I just don't know what it was, really, because on the high throws, I don't I have to go back and watch the tape. I don't know if footwork was the cause, but it just seemed like, OK, if Mitch Trubisky doesn't make the throw, you know, inside the zone where there's a guy running free open. Um, you know, maybe he's just a little hesitant coming back. He's been two weeks removed from playing football from actually throwing and against an opposing team that maybe it's a little hesitant. Maybe it's the lights. Look, uh, when Mitch Trubisky has played in prime time, it hasn't been his best football. It hasn't, to be completely honest. So it could be a, a culmination of all those things, but he needs to get better because at this, you know, when he was out there at times, he was just hurting his team, just like the opposing quarterback on the other sideline. So um, what was the actual reason? Can't tell you. You just hope it improves because the bears can play great defense like this. I don't know if they can do that every single time, but it is encouraging to see against the number one or number two offense in the league, but you need a quarterback that's going to be able to move the ball and, it, you know, score some points additionally because 15 usually in most cases won't do it. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, For me, at least when he started the game and he started off with those couple of runs, that was affirming that I don't believe it's going to be the shoulder because I don't know if he takes those chances, if it's ailing him to potentially expose himself uh, to further injury. So, you know, he started the game, a few different scrambles, they were effective, and then the Rams kind of adjusted and he wasn't able to kind of break free from the pocket since then. The Bears did a lot of screens today and they weren't really able to do too much with them. But Brandon, you talked about the failed play, the failed screen, and 
even though that was an incomplete pass to the left sideline to Trey Burton, which it was right in his breadbasket. He should have came down with that ball. That might be my favorite play of the game from Trubisky because that's a millisecond decision to hold that ball back because he's got the snap. He looked over and he bowed through that ball and he held on mm-hmm. the last second and was like, okay, that's that's going to get picked off. That's a pick six. So the awareness of him to see that as quickly as he did, to recognize that and to hold back despite, you know, everything in his body probably telling him to let go of that football and go the other way. And he still found a Trey Burton, even though it wasn't a completed pass. Um, that was a very, I'm, I'm going to call it a special play and a very wise decision by him to do that. So yes, even though it was incomplete, that was still probably my favorite play I saw out of Trubisky. But what about you, B? Anything else about Trubisky that you want to kind of mention? Yeah, he had the, he had the awareness, like you said, on, on more than a handful of plays, the third interception where he was targeting Taylor Gabriel and, uh, their cornerback picked it off because he was standing right in front of him. Uh, that's one where he, I mean, he's just staring, staring down guys at that point. Uh, he was, he was comfortable in the the routes that we see him hit uh, consistently week in week out. The, the pass to the out in the flat to Tariq Cohen to get those quick first downs on third and fourth situations, things of that nature. Hit a couple slants, which was nice. Allen Robinson was able to draw a defensive PI on one of those. Uh, again, extremely helpful. Uh, but there were just there's still some rust. I think we had on the uh, audio mailbag and the, the Thursday preview show, you know, how long is it going to last? And it lasted the whole game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I just a big combination of everything, I think really just played a part in it. Uh, I don't know, really kind of a loss. You guys touched on everything that I could really think of. Uh, and now that he's got a game under his belt. I think next week he'll turn around against the rival uh, and play a pretty good game. It's just like Nick said, he just hasn't played very well in prime time. And I just kind of, Without going back and looking at some tape, it's, it's hard to know really what the, the sole reason is. I think it's just sitting out two weeks uh, in a primetime game. Uh, it probably had some nerves into it as well. I will say this, though. like After throwing two interceptions in the first half, he starts that, that, that first offensive drive, and they do get that touchdown to Bradley Soule. And what they were doing, it was just quick one-option kind of kind of reads for Trubisky. And, you know, Trubisky was hitting them. And whether it was uh, connects to Robinson on a quick slant or running the RPO, I, I know he hits Robinson again on a slant. Those things were working for Trubisky, and it was encouraging him to see, even though he threw two interceptions in the first half, didn't really do much for his offense, to come back, you know, start of the third quarter where your team needs to get some points at some point in the game is able to do that. And it was a nice pass to Saul. I mean, that's a guy going up, catching it. I mean, I know it's an offensive lineman catching the ball, but it was good placement for his guy to get it, nobody else to get it. And uh, the Bears score on that uh, first drive on offense in the third quarter. That's what you want to see. Um, obviously, he throws another interception later, uh, the next drive later. But that was encouraging, at least, that he can rebound from having a bad half and then, you know, putting his team in a better position to win. Yes, but those are all things that we've seen him do week in and week out comfortably. You know, when he was challenged a little bit more, that's when we started to see a little bit more of the rust, I think. Yeah, and on top of that, too, he did have a few instances where he was unable to recognize some of these uh, coverages, and he had people wide open on the opposite side of the field, and he wasn't he didn't have the time on a few of these as well to kind of go through his progression and work his way over there. Um, but there were some plays left on the table. I can think of a couple. I saw Anthony Miller open who uh, didn't even have a catch today. Same with Taylor Gabriel, um, some quick routes that they were open, but uh, he opted to go to the middle of the field, which it was a little bit more congested. So yeah, rust overall, I'm not really overly concerned with him. I think that uh, we should be patient because 
I mean, look what the Bears defense did to golf today, and I don't think Rams fans are going to be, you know, thinking the sky's falling in L.A., so we should have the same kind of, you know, attitude here because it wasn't a perfect game, it wasn't a pretty game, and we all know there's a lot of room for improvement from not just uh, him but the entire offense, and, you know, today was a day. It wasn't their best, uh, but they'll get a groove. They had a backup quarterback uh, for a couple of weeks, and they have to kind of re-pick up the pieces and recollect and kind of re-gel again as we kind of march through here in December. But moving right along to his uh, targets today, Allen Robinson, of course, led the group with five catches, 42 yards, um, averaging 8.4 yards per catch today. Of course, the highlight one was one where he almost was able to break it for a touchdown with all that effort at the sideline. His foot was out of bounds, but still, I applaud the effort that he kind of had on that one. Uh, what about you, Nick? Any observations from any of these targets? You know what? Uh, I was re- I was really encouraged to see Trey Bernie caught a post down the middle of the field on one of the linebackers. And I'm like, that's going to be open all game. Well, that didn't happen all game, but I was really encouraged to see that. But really, when you look at the pass catching targets, uh, like you said, Allen Robinson, Robinson, five receptions, Burden with the two, and then kind of just uh, Cohen had four, but there really wasn't, they weren't much involved in this one. Um, And it's kind of hard to, you know, evaluate these, you know, these targets without going to see if they're creating separation or anything. But I will say this, there was a lot of uh, pre-snap penalties on some of these wide receivers. These, I know Bellamy got one, uh, Allen Robinson got one or Bellamy had the chop block. I think Allen Robinson wasn't set. So these kind of things put you in a hole right from the very beginning. And you can't have that from, you know, your skilled players get, get to where you need to be lined up wise and then go run your, you know, whatever route it is or do whatever your assignment is asked of you. But those things hurt the bears, uh, you know, especially early on in drives where you're already what? first and 15, you know, first and 20, uh, 25, whatever it may be. So you can't have those moving forward. I know the Rams obviously didn't play their best game of the season, but, you know, when you're playing uh, other teams where they're able to capitalize on those, put you down, you know, in the hole early, that's not that's not going to help you win ball games. So that needs to be improved, uh, especially out of the, you know, the targets from today. Exactly. It's very hard to, you know, analyze these guys because a lot of their production, again, there's not even really a ton there to even uh, sift through, um, but it came off a lot of quick hitches, some you know quick out routes as well, just getting people open in the flats and letting them make some plays in space, and they weren't able to do that. But anytime they tried any longer developing passes, any intermediate throws or deeper throws, that's when Trubisky had it sail on him, and he ended up being, you know, going to the other team. So even though no one has, you know, some eye-boggling statistics here, um, they worked within the confines of the offense today, um, and what Trubisky was able to kind of deliver with their shorter throws. Um, so even though you didn't see any of those big plays, I don't think it's on the receivers. I think that goes back to the quarterback this week. Um, but yeah, Trey Burton getting a little bit involved with the 22 yards. Still, we need to see more from him. He's uh, been very quiet. I think he hasn't. Yeah, only one touchdown in his last six games. Where's Trey Burton? We need to get him more involved. It's a little discouraging that this offense lately, they have to get really creative in order to even score some points, either be Akeem Hicks or Bradley Sal. I mean, it's a lot of fun. Don't, you know, don't, don't get me wrong here. It's a lot of fun to watch, but you want to be able to score traditionally as well with just your offensive players going up against a defense. And we haven't been able to do that for a couple of weeks. Uh, you had the trick play, the Keem Hicks play, and now of course the South play. So a lot of trickery to get it done. Um, but we need to find a way to get uh, into the end zone. Uh, I'm going to call it traditionally, if that makes sense. Uh, what about you, B? Anything else in terms of any of these uh, players, receivers, tight ends, running backs that you want to kind of mention? We'll, we'll talk about Jordan Howard in the running game in a moment. Yeah, I just want to real quick touch on Tariq Cohen and how he's using the passing game, uh, especially in this one, because the, la- the last few weeks we've seen him be able to slip out into the flat and be able to get these uh, first downs on 
second and medium or third and short third and medium situations. And it's, it's just, I don't know. I'm kind of mind boggled that sometimes he can just slip out there and there's still so much space between him and the linebacker or the DB that's covering him. Uh, and as long as that's something that's going to continue to work and be open, there's no reason to shy away from it. And I think that's a, a very good uh, game plan. If we want to try and get Trubisky uh, unrusted, uh, I guess that's the best adjective I can come up with that, but uh, I, that, that's a very solid play. Uh, just these little plays where he just squeaks out into the flat, gets a few yards here and there, picks up the first down. Those are confidence builders. Trubisky's able to complete a pass. We're able to move the chains. Those are two very big things uh, that I think play very big in a quarterback psyche. Uh, so as long as Matt Nagy continues to dial those up in those situations, uh, then Trubisky will be able to climb out of this pretty quick, I think. Good stuff there. All right, moving over to the Bears on the ground today. As a team, 35 carries, 194 yards, 5.5 yards per rush, which, of course, um, is more than we expected coming to this one. I mean, we never know what to expect from the Bears running game any given week. But the Rams, uh, they did give up 5.1 yards per carry and 118 yards per game on average entering this contest. Obviously, the Bears saw that, and they attempted to expose uh, that area of their defense, and it worked out really well today. Nick, uh, why did it? You know what I think actually helped the Bears running game in this one was uh, Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue being pass rushers. Because once you're like that, once you have that mindset to just go after the quarterback every single time, your your run responsibilities are are second. So you're coming up the field hard, looking for Trubisky, especially on these RPOs. And look, Jordan Howard's already moving up the field. Tariq Cohen's bursting out a run. I think that's what really helps the especially tonight in tonight's win, the Bears to have that success on the run game because there are times where there's just lanes wide open. The middle of the field, the linebackers out of the way, Dom Sue and Aaron Donald are just not even there because they're just coming up field to try and get the quarterback. Well, the ball's already been handed off. So I think that really played into, into the success of the running game and also just sticking with it. Like you said, 19 carries for Jordan Howard. Tariq Cohen had nine. So they're getting involved in the running game and not it's not being abandoned at any point. It was still consistent in the second half. So that really helped in the Bears to have those 194 rushing yards. And I think it's just the opponent because, look, we, we did – uh, talked about in the preview those inside linebackers are not the best especially in coverage and when finally a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds meet the ergo smart base from Tempur-Pedic our first system that detects snoring then automatically adjusts by raising the bed get your best sleep all night every night for a limited time save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Dom Sue and Aaron Donald are not playing the run first. Puts a lot on them, and then they're already out of position. So the opponent helped, but with Nagy just kind of committing to it, that really did help Howard and Cohen get the uh, totals that they got. Yeah, and it's more than just the yards. You can tell that Jordan Howard felt confident out there. He looked like... Uh, vintage Jordan Howard, uh, the ones that we saw over the past couple of seasons. So he was using his vision, his patience. He was turning his feet. He was getting all those nitty-gritty tough yards today, which is something that we've come to expect out of, you know, number 24 in the past. And it was really nice to kind of see that uh, kind of come back this week. So for me, Jordan Howard, um, 101 yards. Uh, just congratulations to him for breaking the 100-yard mark this year because you better believe that it being week 14, he hasn't got there, even though if he says – it's all about the wins. It's not about the stats. As any player would, you know, they would say that. 
But inside, internally, they're probably like, gosh, I don't have one yet. That's crazy because he's a prideful man. So I'm sure that he uh, is glad to have one under his belt this season to kind of change the narrative a little bit about him. But, yeah, um, I like the best. I think it was on their scoring drive, uh, the touchdown, when they were using him consistently. Uh, a lot of the inside zones, uh, Howard, 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 and they were just going after them. And since the Rams couldn't stop them, they kept at it. But then you throw in Tariq Cohen and you do the same kind of thing. And that's the change of pace that we saw under you know the old offense that has been kind of missing so far this year. And that's how I think this duo works best is you have Jordan Howard grind him down, grind him down for a long drive. You throw in Cohen, who has the speed, and they can run through the, uh, right by those tired defenders. And it worked out. He had a huge run um, on that drive to really kind of get the Bears down deep into territory. So for me, I want to see more of that in the future. I want to see them using a little bit more Jordan Howard and then supplementing it with the Tariq Cohen because that's when I think both of them are at their best. What about you, B? I think the quarterback play played a, a big uh, part in Matt Nagy committing to the run. I think early on after a couple interceptions, Nagy kind of went, all right, it's going to have to be Jordan Howard that really carries the load on offense, and and he did, and he lived up to that task, which was nice because that builds confidence for Howard, uh, builds confidence for Cohen, as both those guys were relied on throughout this game. Uh, confidence for the offensive linemen. They were able to uh, seal up and not allow Aaron Donald or Dominican Sue to really have any run-stopping plays, any huge you know run-stuffs or anything like that until later in the game. Uh, so I think that uh, the quarterback play really helped Matt Nagy show uh, you know, put that confidence in Jordan Howard, and then uh, Jordan Howard reciprocates that and shows Matt Nagy, hey, you can trust me in any of these situations. Uh, you know, with the front seven that these guys have, uh, if, if they're plugging up holes, I can be able to get through it. Offensive linemen did a very good job of opening up those holes. And then kind of what Nick touched on too, their inside linebackers aren't run stoppers. They're more coverage guys. And we, we've seen that. They were really hesitant to try and to even hit the hole. Our linemen were getting up to the second level before they – decided whether or not they could commit to uh, filling in a gap or not. So it's uh, a combination of a lot of things, uh, just the tendencies on the uh, on the defensive side, the inside linebackers uh, willing to go in and step in to make a play, uh, but also Jordan Howard really just, just willing himself and the offense in this one. This goes back to something I mentioned weeks ago, guys, but this offense, even in games where it's not pretty or if a playmaker gets shut down, there's usually been someone to step up in one way or another. And tonight was Jordan Howard's night to do it. Trubisky had a bad game. Uh, so in order to you know, uh, overcome that, we needed Jordan Howard to do what he did tonight. And I'm glad he was able to step up to the plate and hit a home run. I mean, he didn't have any, you know, Huge plays. He had a 21-yarder, um, and we have not seen many runs from him of 20-plus this year. Um, but he did what we needed him to do today, uh, put the shoulder, uh, you know, the load on his shoulder, and he was able to perform. So for me, um, tonight was the night where we really needed a Jordan Howard, and I'm glad he stepped up. Nick, I want to go over to you for our offensive line first, and I apologize, Mr. Trench's Brandon over there. But I just wanted to go to Nick because uh, – a couple weeks ago, I said on Twitter that I can't wait to see what James Daniels can do against this interior of the offensive line, and everyone thought I was crazy. And I said, no, I really think he'll step up, and he'll be able to uh, prove why we you know, got him in the second round and to prove a, to be a very strong guard in this league. Do you think he kind of proved that tonight? Oh, absolutely. I Look, to be completely honest, look, I went to Iowa. James Daniels is my guy when he got drafted. So I didn't, even though all that, I didn't think that he would be able to play as well as he did against Aaron Donald. Look, just knowing the player that Donald is and what he's been able to do for the entire season, I mean, what James Daniels was able to do was was fantastic. Um, most of the times, even when he was asked to just block one-on-one, he's not giving much ground. He's staying with Donald, you know, 
each each second that passes by, which probably seems like an eternity when you're blocking such a beast like that. But he did his job, and you know, really that offensive line did. And you know, that's why I touched on him and gave him my knack for for the game because when you have someone like Donald. It's it's a group effort, but yeah, absolutely, I agree that you know James Daniels, uh, the way that he played tonight, it really shows you why the Bears, you know, went to draft him in the second round. Should have been a first round or late first rounder at least, but that's a guy that you don't have to worry about left guard for many years to come because he's only going to get better. This is rookie year. He was asked to do so much, you know, in the beginning. And remember in the offseason, he was playing center, left guard, right guard, you know, rotating. But no, he's got that position solidified, and it's great that the Bears know they don't have to touch left guard for a very, very long time. Good stuff there, Nick. I just want to give the entire unit. Um, I know there was one play um, on Trubisky's sack where Bobby Massey, he was beat badly, and that was and he had another blunder. I guess we can talk about that in special teams coming up as well, uh, running over a ref here. But still, outside of that, Trubisky was sacked once. Uh, I think they only got two quarterback hits. One of them was an Aaron Donald hit, which I think we can live with that. The Rams are a team that I believe entering this game, they had the most consistent pressure of any defense in the NFL, having pressure on like over 35% of uh, quarterback dropbacks. And we only... Trubisky dropped back uh, 30 times today, and only three uh, times he was either hit or pressured or, of course, uh, sacked. So that's like 10%. We can live with that. I mean, the offensive line came to play today as well. I mean, there's a big reason why the Bears were so effective on the ground. But even though Trubisky didn't have a great game and we relied a lot on some of these quicker passes, he didn't. Uh, I don't think the offensive line hindered us uh, all too much today. So I just want to give them props because they had a huge task uh, going up against uh, a very good front and they, I thought they kind of roasted a challenge as well today, even though the 15 points on the board uh, might kind of make one think otherwise if you're look, just kind of looking at the box score. Um, but over to you, Mr. Trenches, Brandon, uh, you know, just take it away. Where do you want to, what kind of light do you want to shed about the Bears offensive line? I want to shed a lot of light on Nick's guy, James Daniels, did a very good job when he was in the one-on-one situations against Aaron Donald, didn't go up a whole lot of ground. Uh, naturally you're going to give up some as an offensive lineman and he, he held his own for the most part. And then who's this Brian Woodsman guy? This is the guy that, you know, Nick and I were kind of really skeptical about, you know, he said, you know, he's, I'm going to look at him as liability. And I did too. I was skeptical about him as well, but he did such a phenomenal job in this one. He had the one penalty, uh, but outside of that, I mean, he was winning the point of attack, uh, getting the angle set for his guy to be able to hit the gap in the running game behind him. I don't think it. I don't. It might have been Woodsman that gave up the the Aaron Donald sack. I'm not totally 100 percent sure. Uh, but Cody Whitehead was also there, you know, able to to help when he absolutely needed. He knew where Aaron Donald was lined up, and he was there to provide help whenever it was needed because they were not letting Aaron Donald beat these guys on the inside. Cody Whitehead made you know a very sure job of that. That nothing was going to get up the middle on these guys. Uh, frankly, if I don't know. Hindsight's twenty twenty, uh, but if the Rams really wanted to create pressure, they just you know overloaded the middle uh, because that's where Aaron Donald's at. Put all the pressure there. The offensive lineman can't keep up that. But hindsight's twenty twenty. They didn't do that, thankfully. Uh, but they, th- those three interior guys did a very very phenomenal job working together as a unit, uh, as a team. Really, just shut down anything that would have came up the middle and created the the big running holes. Those three worked very well. And aside from the Bobby Massey blunder, uh, I mean, technically the Bears got two sacks, the one on Mitch and the one on the ref. So 
<laughs> yeah, that they did. Uh, so it's time to give some final thoughts on the offense here, and we can kind of put a bow on it and move over to the defense. I'll go ahead and begin, and I just want to say that even though the numbers aren't where we would like them here, only 294 total yards, uh, 4.5 yards per play, only 3.2 yards per pass, which is a very, very uh, poor number to say the least, I think we should all take a step back, breathe, relax, and don't freak out about this whatsoever because we know the talent this offense has. We know the ability um, that they do possess to week in, week out to become a very, you know, potent offense in this league. So even though they had a down game, uh, hopefully with another week back in action, Trubisky can knock off that rust um, and kind of get us flowing in a way that I know we're used to on offense. So even though today wasn't to our liking, um, it was a very much a slugfest tonight and the Bears came out on top. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. We can go back next week and try to improve on some of these numbers. But at the end of the day, uh, they are just numbers. So I'm not going to look too much into these. I'm not going to worry some uh a terrible amount whatsoever. Yeah, it's disappointing in one end, but the other side, we won. That's all that matters. And I know this offense is better for it. So, Nick, how about you? So what was the question again? Well, I was I was writing in the chat wow. here, so I was a little loud. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I was like uh, just engaging with the you know the people in the chat. So the offense moving forward, is that basically what we're... I was just asking for final thoughts about the offense. That's where I took it. So you can take it in any direction, Nick. So you know what? I, I'm going to say this. Um, in order for the Bears to be... Um, obviously I think they're, they're a playoff team. Look, they, they beat the Rams. They show they can compete with some of the best teams in the league, but Mitch Trubisky does have to get a lot better. And this is the first game back from injury. So let's see. Now it's a green Bay. There's no guaranteed win at soldier field. Need him to play a lot better, especially when technically the offense only scored 13 points. So they definitely need to play better, um, in order to beat, you know, not, I wouldn't want to say better teams because the Rams are a fantastic team. Just wasn't their night. But Trubisky needs to get better. The running game is encouraging. Build off of that. Let's see the next game now. Hopefully, you can get your running game going. But Mitch, it all starts with Mitch Trubisky and his uh, ability to take care of the football, make the right decisions, and put his team in the best positions to score points. Good stuff there, Nick. I'm glad that you are paying attention that time. Sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hop back in the chat because I'm going to go to Brandon next. Uh, how about you, B? Any final thoughts on offense? The execution in the red zone has got to be better. Uh, we've seen them get down there three times, only executed once on, you know, obviously the Bradley Sowell one there. Uh, additionally, I guess, hopping back to the offensive lineman talk, they were saying on TV how he, you know, that was a pretty good dance. And I was like, oh, sure, whatever. Uh, but regardless, um, they, they just got to be able to punch the ball in. I mean, there's times we've seen throughout the entirety of the year where Matt Nagy just gets too cute. And even on the Sal one, that's one that I'm not a very big fan of. We've seen them try to pass the Bradley Sal in the end zone once. It almost got intercepted. I was not a fan of this play call either, but he was open, so it worked. Um, but that's something that I'm I'm more concerned about than anything else. Mitch is going to come back. Uh, the points will come back. Offense always seems to come back. Uh, you score points, you know, regardless of what sport it is, points will come. You just have to be able to stick to it and stick to your game plan. Uh, we know Mitch is a better quarterback than what we've seen tonight, so I'm not uh, worried about it. If it was a loss, it might be a different story, but they did just enough. It was ugly. Uh, sometimes ugly is enough. So that's kind of where I'm going to leave it with the offense. Uh, just got to be able to execute down there in the red zone a little bit better. Good stuff there, Brandon. I guess the last thing I want to just mention, and then we're going to move on is I just want to give a pat on the back to coach Nagy for not really forcing Trubisky to handle the ball too much in the second half, because 
We've seen it in the past when Trubisky's struggling, uh, he tends to still kind of keep with him. Um, today he didn't, and I think that's okay. Um, even though I wouldn't say he lost trust in his quarterback, but I would say that it's a very uh, savvy and smart and uh, big boy move to move away from your quarterback if he's struggling and kind of going to the what was working, which was the running game, because. I have a feeling that if in the past, uh, like we have, if we would have stuck with Trubisky to see if we can get him out of the funk today, it wasn't going to happen. Other turnovers possibly could have been created, and the end of this game could have been an entirely different outcome. So for Nagy to recognize his quarterback wasn't having his best night and finding a way to uh, go elsewhere, um, just a very good move by our coach there. All right, brothers, we've reached the midway point of our show, and up next we're going to enter the third quarter of our show, break down the Bears' defense, but first... I just want to take a moment uh, for you, the listeners here on YouTube, listening to the podcast. I just want to share my appreciation uh, to each and every one of you for listening. You know, obviously, I'm still a little bit worried about a change of what we're going to have to do here with our brand. But um, since we've kind of had a came out a little bit publicly with it on Friday, I've just been very blown away by all the support that we've received from our audience. It really does um, mean a lot. It's affirming knowing really no matter what direction uh, we have to take this, that you're going to follow us, be with us, and you... Uh, appreciate us for the content, not a name, not a brand. And that does mean really everything to me. And I'm sure it does to Brandon and Nick. And uh, I'm trying not to get emotional because this is my baby that I started in 2015. But uh, how about you guys? Do you have any words that you want to kind of pass along to the, our supporters here through these tough, tough times? Nick? Um, You know, I, I mean, you said it really well there, Will. Uh, just when all this was kind of happening, uh, it was pretty it was tough to to hear what was going to happen just the uncertainty and we still don't really know but just seeing all the encouraging things on twitter facebook everywhere it, it means a lot thank you so much for you know being on this journey with us and knowing that regardless of what happens we're going to have you guys afterwards and that's honestly you can't ask for much more than that um like will said uh started this in 2015 and now look where it's grown and it's just it's still growing so thank you so much and um, I wouldn't be here without these two guys. They saw me doing it podcast in my room by myself, and then they picked me up and it's been such a great adventure so far. It has, it's, you know, this is the end of a potentially an end of an era, uh, end of a chapter. And I mean, we're going to start a new one. We still have a novel to finish here. Uh, I'm still excited about our future, uh, regardless of what, you know, how personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo advisors, Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it name what label is going to be on it labels or labels who cares but uh brandon how about you any message that you want to pass along just huge huge thank you to everybody uh it's extremely humbling to hop on twitter and facebook and just see all the all the support all the love that you guys give us uh absolutely appreciate it appreciate every one of you guys uh you know when you came to me with the idea in, in 2015 like hey you know we should kind of do this well and i can tell you i don't think we would have and at least in my mind anyway i don't think we'd ever make it you know, to this point. Uh, so it's pretty cool to be able to say that, Hey, you know, we're here, we have to write a new chapter because we have to. So, uh, I think good things are still going to be able to come of this. I'm not overly worried about it. Uh, been trying to stay off social media cause I don't want to say anything that I, I don't want to regret saying later on down the road, but, uh, I, it's just extremely humbling to get on and, and read everything, you know? So I appreciate everything that you guys have, have said and we're going to keep going. 
That we are. And tomorrow, I'm going to reach out to House Hall one last time, see if we can try to save what we have. I really do think that, uh, I mean, we've done uh, a good job of building a very positive online community of Bears fans uh, throughout some tough times, and hopefully they appreciate it. Um, so I'm going to try uh, one last ditch effort, you know. They say that, uh, what, fortune favors the bold. So I'm going to at least go out there and directly see what's going to happen. But uh, wish us luck. And, of course, if we do have to make a change, uh, look forward to that throughout the week. Um, and then, yeah, we'll make sure, again, I'm going to try to make this transition as uh, seamless as possible for those following on social media here on YouTube and, of course, you and your podcast feed. I'm going to try to make sure that you know uh, who we are and to make sure that you can still continue to get our content without much delay or much kind of uh, hoops to go through because I don't want to really make you have to do any extra work because of uh, this ordeal that's kind of out of all of our hands at the moment. All righty, let's get back on track. Let's talk about football because that's what we're here to do. Um, so, again, we're going to f- jump right into the third quarter of our show. And let's talk about this stifling Bears defense that just, um, I, I wanted to say came to play, but they did more than that today. I don't even have words for, uh, they were the monsters tonight. They were. They decided to take the game in their hand. This was a game that I talked about on Thursday that um, it's going to be a prideful one for them because they have such a very red-hot, potent offense on one side and a strong defense on the other, and it's going to be a battle. Which side's going to persevere and edge out the other? And it wasn't even close. The Bears defense from start to finish just was able to, you know, impose their will on the Rams. And Brandon, I'm going to go to you first. Why were the Bears so like successful on defense tonight? They were hungry. They wanted it. They they wanted to live up to this challenge. Uh, and it was it was great to see the four interceptions, which I think I got cut off in my my stat of the game, because that's ultimately what it ended up being was plus one in the turnover battle. All four of them were interceptions. That was extremely awesome, and that that uh, absolutely just comes credit uh, to the front seven just putting up pressure all day long. That pocket for Jared Goff just kind of kept shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. The longer he stood there, the longer the game went on. Uh, it was just very, very great complimentary football by the defense, and it, it really paid off in this one. It was a lot of fun. What about you, Nick? If you had to find a reason, was it the front seven? Was it the coverage? Why were they uh, able to just completely take away everything the Rams tried to do tonight? It all start, starts and stops with Todd, taking away Todd Gurley because we know how much the Rams love to run play action. But if you can't run the football, play action doesn't really do much for you. So he had 11 carries for 28 yards. And this is after the Bears the past two weeks against the Giants and the Lions were not too good at stopping the run. So that they made it their mission, their goal for tonight's game against the Rams to take Todd Gurley, the Rams rushing attack, out of the equation. Once that happened, that set up everything else for this Bears defense to get the interceptions, to get the pressure, to get in Goff's head because, look, he did not look comfortable at any point in this game where it's either Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, Leonard Floyd, Khalil Mack, all these guys are coming after him, and he's just throwing the ball away or throwing the interception. But it all started with taking Todd Gurley out of the equation because, like I said, the Rams, Jared Goff's a really good quarterback when throwing off a play action. The Rams love to run it. But if you take out the running game, it doesn't work for you. So that was that's why this defense was so successful tonight. Took out Todd Gurley. Yeah, great stuff. For me, uh, one of my bigger takeaways from this defense today was the six points that they gave up uh, were due to things a little bit out of their control. Uh, the very first drive that they had, uh, they started at their, their own 15. The Rams were at the Bears 15, already inside the red zone. Weren't able to do anything about it. Uh, so they started in there, didn't get a turnover, but they held them to three points. 
That's a win in my book. And then later on, they technically had a three and out, which the Rams do not have many of those this season. I think entering the week, they only had 12, which is crazy that in 12 games, they only had 12 three and outs. Um, and then, of course, the fake punt um, was kind of uh, the bugaboo there. And then it kind of allowed them to extend the drive. The Bears kind of folded for a little bit, allowing the Rams to kind of march down the field. And then they bend, but they didn't break. And then they held them to only six again. So the only time that the Rams were able to score was after they converted on a fourth down with a fake punt. And then when the Bears defense started at, with their backs against the wall. So outside of those two drives, the, it was the Rams had nothing to do. They could not figure it out. And uh, that's, of course, a very testament to Vic Fangio and the scheme he came up with today. Uh, he did a lot with the linebackers, dropping them into coverage today a little bit, despite, uh, you know, golf being pretty poor under pressure. Uh, the Bears were able to generate pressure with their defensive line, um, bringing in some extra blitzes as well. But for the most part, they were able to stay in their uh, base package, use these outside linebackers in coverage, and it worked out really well. And just for some fun facts here too, the Bears defense, uh, they held the Rams to their fewest net yards in the first half in 98, first downs of six, points in six uh, in the very first half of the season, which I'm very curious to see if if any of those kind of carry through to the entirety of this game. Uh, Todd Gurley's 11 rushing yards in the first half was his lowest um, I believe overall and ever in his career in any half. And then tonight was the first time that uh, Goff has ever, ever ever thrown three interceptions in a game. And he ended up with four. Uh, so the Bears defense were able to just, uh, you know, manhandle the Rams every way possible. Um, so let's go ahead and jump right into our positions here. And we have to start up front with the Bears defensive line tonight. Brandon, over to you, Mr. Trenches. Uh, go ahead. Who do you want to kind of discuss here? I'll let you guys kind of take the easy ones, but uh, that first interception was created by none other than John Bullard. Yep, because he pushed his tackle back into Jared Goff, and I was I was like, perfect. There's there's a flash of John Bullard that we haven't seen in a few weeks, uh, and then he kind of tapered off. But it was nice to see him be able to contribute, get in there, uh, get the defense off started on the right foot. He started that whole play. Roy Robinson Harris, same deal. Later on, later on in the game. Uh, he was there to meet uh, Keem Hicks uh, for a sack at one point in the game. Uh, he wasn't credited with a half sack or anything, but he was there to help meet uh, Keem Hicks there to celebrate, uh, help bring down Jared Goff there as well. So contributions from the little guys uh, against uh, an older, aging, I guess, uh, Rams offensive line has been really good throughout the entirety of the year. Uh, uh, that was a, a focal point, those younger guys being able to show their explosiveness in this game. And then also, I was surprised at how much pressure that the Bears were able to bring from up the middle throughout the entirety of the game. I think that's kind of the source of why Jared Goff was just so incredibly uncomfortable throughout the entirety of the game. I don't think they're expecting Eddie Goldman to be able to pressure the way that he did, uh, and even Akeem Hicks in that matter. So it was really nice to see uh, just the whole unit step up and just be able to, to create pressure where I didn't think that they were expecting it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, Eddie Goldman, I mean, he was my MVP for a reason, but yes, Bullard with the interception. I mean, well, not the interception, but helping force the interception. Um, but I think I will admit, I think we were a little bit helped out by some of the injuries that the Rams had up front. And that kind of, of course, uh, made their job just a little bit easier. But even if those didn't occur, it seemed like that kind of night that the defensive line was just going to be able to, you know, take apart the offensive line that the Rams brought out there. So for me, 
um, like looking at everybody, Roy Robertson Harris really stood out to me as someone who kind of really flashed. They had a very strong game, had a few different really strong pressures uh, that kind of forced some off throws from Goff today. So for me, Roy Robertson Harris would be someone who I want to applaud um, for stepping out a little bit um, on top of, of course, the regulars, but uh, someone who, and Robertson Harris, who we don't get to see a lot of week in, week out. This is a really good week for him and a game that I hope he can build off uh, as we kind of inch closer to the postseason. Uh, how about you, Nick? You know what? I think uh, in terms now with obviously the front seven, but just the defense as a whole, there's a lot of people just kind of stepping up, even if one of their guys maybe missed a tackle. There's a one play. It's a second and one, and I, I think it's Roquan Smith. One of the linebackers missed a tackle, but Bryce Callahan comes out of nowhere, is able to take down Todd Gurley. He's short of the sticks, and I think the Bears get off with a punt on that play. It's those kind of plays where knowing that each defender – their 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 teammate has their back just in case if they mess up. And that's what's really encouraging on the Spares defense. And even on the one sack at the end of the game by Akeem Hicks, Cleo Mack actually slips on the play. He's he's taken out of the play right from the get-go. But because Akeem Hicks is, you know, on the other side, is able to do what he does, that allows, you know, even for a guy like Cleo Mack, where you want him to impact the play in every single time, but he messes up. Akeem Hicks makes up for it, gets a sack. They're able to get off the field, turnover on downs. That's what's special about this defense. There's so many guys, whether it's in the front seven or in the secondary, that they can all count on each other. I don't know if that quite answered your question, Will, but I was just looking through the tweets and noticing that. And even in my notes, I'm like, look, teammates got their back. Again, teammates, you know, just corral to the ball to get girly. And that's really what it was all game, all night. Just everybody was towards the ball. You didn't see as there were a couple of missed tackles. There were. It's been happening all season. But for the most part, this defense just played as one cohesive unit, and that's so encouraging to see against one of the best offenses in the league. Yeah, all 11 to the ball, and that's what we saw up front tonight. And Todd Gurley, you talk about missed tackles, and we've seen it this season. Of course, it's an issue that we're going to be paying attention to, but it's Todd freaking Gurley. He's going to break a couple of tackles. He has, over entering this week, over 700 yards after contact. And we didn't even didn't see it tonight. Didn't see it whatsoever. Uh, so for the Bears to really find a way to contain him, we all knew coming into this game was going to be key. They found a way to get it done. Uh, the front seven, and whenever he even reached the second level, he didn't get too far with it. Uh, the secondary and, of course, the linebackers able to kind of swoop in. And uh, I'm going to say save the day there. Um, but so for me, front seven um, as a whole, of course, was a key component. Um, let's go ahead and talk about our linebackers today. Khalil Mack, Leonard Floyd. Uh, let's talk, talk about these outside guys today because even though Floyd didn't have his most uh, impressive stat line, uh, I thought he had a very strong game um, impacting left and right. I'm glad that he's healthy because at one point it looked like he may have been seriously hurt as he was kind of like getting over to the sidelines. He was able to come back quickly, which is great because we needed him out there today. Um, he was very strong in coverage as well as uh, coming down against the run, getting even getting some pressure as well. But I want to go over to Nick. Uh, outside linebackers, what's your take? Yeah, so they were, uh, at first in the beginning of the game, Vic Fangio just has guys go get the quarterback, obviously contain the run with Gurley. And that's, you know, that made it difficult. That's difficult in itself, knowing that there's the leading rusher in the NFL, but you still have to, you know, go get the quarterback on one player, contain the edge to make sure he doesn't break outside. So I thought, you know, for the entire night, uh, whether it was Floyd, it was, uh, you know, Cleo Mack, Aaron Lynch at times, did a fantastic job containing the edge and then going to get the quarterback when the time presented itself. So he did a great job in that aspect. But they were also asked at times to drop back in coverage. And I know the the drive where uh, the Rams are actually uh, moving moving the ball down the field, they did that a lot, and they actually ended up missing the field goal on that. You know, that was great. I would rather see, you know, 
those two guys, especially Cleo Mack, just go after the quarterback as opposed to putting you in coverage. I know Leonard Floyd was lined up on a wide receiver. I'm like, well, that's not good. Luckily, Goff went to the other side. But for the most part, these outside linebackers played terrific. And I thought Leonard Floyd was really disruptive. Can't wait to see the – I know PFF always sends out the stats a little bit later to see how many uh, disruptive passes, you know, the pressures in the game. So I know he's up there, and he definitely – played a huge part in just battling through injury as well. Like you said, there was that leg looked like it stiffened up on him and he's still able to finish off the game. So these outside linebackers played really well tonight. Yeah, I'm actually going to give them um, some credit here for that safety too because the play right before was the one to Gurley onto the right side and then he had Leonard Floyd yep. and Khalil Mack coming in to make a very uh, huge tackle for a loss, which pinned the Rams back. And, of course, the interior guys um, on the very next play was able to kind of seal the deal there. But do you know what I really liked about that play? And I tweeted it out. They had Leonard Floyd uh, lined up as a linebacker and then Khalil Mack down in the three-point stance. So they're they're bundled up right next to each other. So all of the Bears' willpower on that play, uh, Mack and Floyd were right there in the same spot of the field, which really overloaded that side. And I think that really worked. And I'm curious to see if Vic Fangio kind of uses that later on this season, but that was something uh, that I noticed and something I want to kind of see if they continue. They actually did a little bit of that last game too. They'll have both Mac and Floyd line up on the same side and got, you know, good luck trying to block that because those two running the stunts, they, they do really well at that as well. Oh, of course. The one game that I listened to on the radio. (laughs) Yeah. So they did actually do that. And they, I know Mac, everyone's going to go towards Mac's way. Floyd just loops inside because, well, you need everybody on Mac. Oh, there's Floyd. So they will do that. And it's pretty effective when they do. And then on top of that, Aaron Lynch, I want to give him some love as well because he had a couple of impressive days. One of them didn't even count. There's holding on the play, but uh, there's a quick screen to the outside, and he was able to kind of burst through a couple of blockers, um, wrap them up. And then he also had a pressure on uh, Roquan Smith's uh, sack as well. So even though John Bullard did push it, uh, the guard right into, of course, Goff's lap, uh, it was Aaron Lynch who kind of forced Goff to kind of move that way in the pocket. So uh, Aaron Lynch had a couple good plays today as well. Brandon, how about you? Anything about the outside, or do you want to bounce in? Uh, I just want to touch on one thing real fast. It's kind of uh, outside and defensive line kind of combined here. I don't know if there was some sort of communication errors uh, that the Rams were having throughout the, I don't want to say the entirety of the game, but the two plays that really stand out to me are the one that you mentioned with Leonard Floyd and Kulmak lining up on the same side. Because uh, Floyd literally just stood there and no one touched him until he went and tackled Todd Gurley. So I don't know what the blocking scheme on that one was. Uh, and then additionally, the Eddie Goldman one later in the game where Jared Goff kind of flicked the ball underhand to avoid getting sacked. I mean, the, the offensive lineman literally just went both ways and Eddie Goldman walks right up the middle. So that's kind of cool uh, that they're not going to guard either of those guys. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll just go ahead and bounce it inside now. Uh, Roquan was my MVP for a reason. He set the tone early, got that interception. He almost had a second one in that first half as well. Uh, he could have had a third one, I guess, later in the game. Uh, but just due to poor ball placement, he wasn't going to go down there and get that one. Uh, I don't think anybody was going to. Uh, but he just did all the all the small things right. He had six tackles on the day. Uh, but the the play that really stands out to me is when he doesn't allow uh, the receiver who's running an inside slant route. Uh, the Jared Goff's looking for on the fourth and four play uh, in the fourth quarter doesn't allow it to get through. Uh, and that's what creates the Akeem Hicks sack. So very, very good job just doing the little things right throughout the entirety of the game. There was only one play where I caught him trailing a uh, receiver. That's just, I mean, that's just a mismatch, a mismatch as it is Roquan on a, on a Rams wide receiver, but Roquan played a very, very good game in this one. I'm, I'm proud of him. 
He did. He really did. He had the interception, like you mentioned. He talks about that fourth down play. There was a play on third down, too. Um, the one that was their second field goal. It was third down. They ran a screen, and Roquan blew it up. And without that, they could have converted on that third down. And you never know. They could have marched down for a touchdown. That would have changed the entire complexity of this game. So that play on third down to sniff out that screen, make the open field tackle, force the Rams to go for that field goal, huge. Very key component of this game. What about you, Nick? Inside guys. Uh, we'll go with Dane Trevathan. I have a couple uh, just notes uh, noting that like Trevathan just comes up the middle. Like I think you mentioned it earlier, Brandon, where the Bears are just able to get pressure up the middle and due to you know some of those inside linebackers coming down those blitzes. Then there's this one play where Trevathan is just able to shoot through the gap and throws Goff, uh, throws Goff off his mark, throws a bad pass. Uh, you know, first and ten to second and ten. That's exactly what you want. Not the Rams gaining you know zero to minimal yardage on first down to make those later downs that much uh, more difficult uh, trying to convert. So again, I was very comfortable whenever uh, guys were throwing over the middle because I knew Dan Trevathan and Roquan Smith were going to make the tackle. The one play that comes to mind, I don't even know if it was them. The tight end for the Rams catches the ball in the middle of the field and it's maybe a third in third and six third and five, but he's hesitant to go upfield to get that first down and Mm -hmm. just doesn't get it. I don't know if that's him being scared of something. I would be frightened if there's a Dan Trevathan or Roquan Smith roaming around somewhere, but he just doesn't go and uh, get the first down. I think the Rams end up punting. I don't know. Maybe there's that effect also that's psychological, that there's these fast flowing linebackers that can roam sideline to sideline that uh, you have to look both ways before you even make a move because you don't want to get smacked in the mouth. So again, that goes in part to the entire defense, but again, those guys are in the middle of the field, and that's probably why that tight end, you know, was hesitant just to make that a couple for a couple steps forward to get that first down. I mean, I would be afraid. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I would. Yeah. I would stay clear from the middle of the field. Give me a little hitch on the sidelines. I'll go right out of bounds. That's about it. <laughs> I think that's the big reason why we haven't seen a lot of tackles on Danny Trevathan lately, uh, just yeah. because they're avoiding him, which is uh, a testament to him as well. I mean, uh, today he only had the two tackles, um, which, you know, it feels like he had more when he was out there, but that's it. I mean, he was around the ball a lot, and that's fine. He doesn't need to be the guy uh, slowly taking him down. But, yeah, for the mo- these linebackers are a big reason why the middle of the field shut down, and then some of these plays on either sideline uh, doesn't go for much gain because they're able to uh, get there in a hurry and take down the ball carrier, which, of course uh, – it's what you're trying to do when you're playing defense um, in any level of competition of uh, football. Just a fun yeah. fact. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's move over to the secondary today, which uh, was, despite the numbers, I want to say they scared me. And it wasn't anything they did, but when you see that Kyle Fuller goes off the field, Prince of Mukamara goes off the field, and then Bryce Callahan goes off the field, your three starting corners at one point or another ended up being injured in this game, having to exit. And then, of course, Bryce Callahan being the big one with a foot injury, uh, wasn't able to return. Uh, Nick, Sherrick McManus, he was able to step in admirably. And I think that's a, you know, I think that's what we expect out of a Sherrick. Not a lot of drop off. There's a reason why he's been here through, uh, since the Levy Smith days. And he's stuck through all these head coaches, all these regime changes. There's a reason why he's here. And a lot of it's special teams, but he's also very, uh, Hmm. What's the good word? Quality. He's savvy. A quali- savvy. He's, he's a quality. He's not going to be a great playmaker, but he's a quality corner. And I think that uh, today he proved that. But outside of tonight, and I just want to get your opinion here, if Callahan has to miss some time, what's going to be the long-term impact? Because I think you're going to see some. Yeah, no, definitely. Because Callahan's a great 
nickel corner, one of the best in the league. So anytime you're replacing him with, even though Sherrick man has played phenomenally, I gave him, he was my MVP of this game. Just be being able to do what he did in place of a great player like Bryce Callahan, but you're definitely going to see drop off. There's, there's not a lot of guys in the league that can cover guys like Bryce Callahan hand can, and also come off the edge on a blitz is just able does so much for Vic Fangio's defense. He really does. So, of course, you're definitely going to miss um, a lot with the Bryce Callahan out. But Vic Fangio still called a nickel blitz with Sherrick McManus in that game. I think Jared Goff has to throw the ball away quick. So even though Callahan's not in, I think he's he's obviously still confident in whoever's out there. And Sherrick McManus really proved that tonight against a really good Rams offense. Obviously, this game wasn't on an, uh, you know, on its uh, typical kind of, I guess, offense offensively, but Sherrick McManus played admirably, like you said, and it it still would be a drop-off with Callahan hopefully not missing extended time. Hopefully so. It seems like this season with the Bears, a lot of foot injuries, not a lot, but it's usually a foot or a shoulder, and it's been yeah. pretty much what we've been dealing with uh, no matter what player. Um, but, Brandon, over to you. Uh, we're taking a look at this secondary. Uh, a lot of players – I mean, they were benefited uh, from a very strong day from the front seven, but their coverage as well was very strong throughout the majority of this game. Um, the Rams brought into town a ton of playmakers, and they weren't really able to do a whole lot. Uh, who do you want to kind of bring up here and kind of break down? Uh, before I get into that, I just want to say that I'm glad it's not all head, shoulders, knees, and toes, just shoulders and toes. Um <laughs> Uh, gotta give a gotta give some love to Kyle Fuller, seventh interception on the year. How about that? That's a guy that I said you know he's gonna lock down his side of the the field, and I don't know that Jared Goff really targeted him uh, a whole lot in this game. Whoever Kyle Fuller was on, it seemed to be a lot of slot guys, and whoever uh, Prince was on, and I mean rightfully so, they're gonna go to the slot when Bryce Callahan's not in, so that kind of opened up some some space there for uh, Goff to make an attempt to throw. Uh, so it was nice to see. Uh, Cal Fuller get his seventh interception of the year. Uh, Prince ended up ended up with one as well. Uh, I don't know where Goff was throwing that ball. It was way out there. Uh, but regardless, uh, Cal Fuller was a guy who said, you know, I'm not really worried about him. Uh, not really worried about him giving up a whole lot of space to guys. Not really worried about him uh, not being sticky or whatever. I think is the word we like to use uh, regarding these corners. And he stepped up. He did his he did his job and just I, got to shine some light to him. I guess I just want to say that I don't think it's just the interception yes seven on the year is great but Mm -hmm. i think it's when it happened because it was right after trubisky's final interception the rams were starting that drive at the bears 26 another very short field for a very dangerous offense very first play kyle fuller takes the ball right back bails out the offense for yet another turnover um which that's a very clutch play by our corner and kyle fuller is someone who all of us here on the show, everybody listening, and if you say you didn't, you're lying, doubted his uh, presence on this team at one point or another throughout his career. Didn't want him to be here, thought his career was done, he was washed out, and it's not the case. He, I want to apologize first off because uh, any doubts that I had in the past, obviously he's uh, proving those wrong, but to have seven interceptions this year, I mean, he came out as a rookie and had a very strong couple of games with a bunch of turnovers, and then he fizzled out for quite some time. But the last last year, he started off a little bit poor, had a very strong second half of the season. He built upon that a great foundation for a very strong year, a year that I hope he does make it to a Pro Bowl. He's deserving of one. And, yeah, I just want to say sorry, Kyle Fuller, because you're proving why 
uh, you are a true Chicago Bear, and I know the number twenty three in Chicago has a lot of you know history behind it. And he's starting to live up to that a little bit. It's a very high pedigree, no matter what sport, what team. But here in Chicago, twenty three has a lot of power, and I think he's starting to unleash that just a little bit here um, over over the season. Really strong season, and again, very clutch interception by Kyle as well. Uh, how about you, Nick? Uh, anyone else in the secondary you want to talk about? Yeah, so uh, just to hit on Kyle Fuller a little bit more there, he has seven interceptions on the season. Last year, the Bears had eight. So yep. that just goes to show, actually, the last three years, they've had eight interceptions. Kyle Fuller has seven, which is tied for first in the league with Miami's Xavier Howard. Great, great season he's having. But, I, you know, Prince is a guy that I always talk about because I was, I was never a fan. I didn't think he should be back. But he has proven me wrong, and he's really good at playing that press coverage as opposed to Kyle Fuller, who's more of an off-ball corner who, who reads the quarterback's eyes. Prince can look. We, I think it was John Fox who said he was sticky, and that's why we've always said Prince and that sticky term is you know stayed. But he really is. He did a great job in this one, just disrupting the the receiver's timing, getting that, uh, getting his own interception, very deserving of it. And again, Eddie Jackson too is allowing uh, his instincts just to take over. Um, I know in the broadcast they were talking, they were. Uh, Saying, uh, talking about what a good job uh, Eddie Jackson was doing all season, but there's this one play where you just don't know what you don't know what the receiver what the route is. But Eddie Jackson's like, you know what? Let me jump it. Let's see. I think this is what he's running. He's running it in, and he, lo and behold, he was running it in. Disrupts a pass, dislodges it. And I think on that final drive for the Rams, he had two uh, breakups. So that just shows again this this secondary um, how influential they are with regardless if it's breaking up passes, causing interceptions, getting off the field, whatever it may be, they are a really, really good unit. Hopefully Callahan's injury is nothing too significant because he makes that unit a great one. So they play lights out against a very, very good uh, receiving core in the Rams, and that's all you can ask for, especially when the competition you know, gets better. They raise their level of competition. They definitely did tonight. Prince Mukamara, just a quote came out from Chris Emma here on Twitter, and he says, and I quote, I feel like we're making a statement to everyone in the league, and we're just trying to let everyone know that we're for real and we mean business. They do. They mean business. This is the game that I think fans were kind of looking at. Okay, are the Bears for real? Do they have eight wins because they beat nobody? Well, they just proved it. Even when they're not scoring, they held the Rams a six and were able to beat them at home, and it was pretty you know, convincing. Yeah, it's a signature win uh, that we've been waiting for all season long. So, I mean, it took some time. Uh, the schedule, of course, uh, it was what it was, and we couldn't change that. But we finally got ourselves one of those signature wins. And we can still go back and look at all the losses and say, well, we should have won each one of those games, which I still believe is true if you look at all of those as well. But uh, that's a story for a different day. Uh, anything else in the secondary, guys? I know Eddie Jackson had another strong day. He had the interception to end the half, which – that more just padded his stats in a you know a halftime uh, hail mary. Um, we did end up today with three pass deflections as well, and I thought he played center field, um, as you know as we kind of come to expect from him, uh, reading the eyes, uh, breaking on some of these routes, getting in there, making some of these catches much more difficult than uh, they intendedly were supposed to be. So for me, uh, Eddie Jackson just continues to be an overly impressive safety, and I'm very glad that he's a Chicago Bear. Can't agree with you more than that. No, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Easy enough. All right, guys, any final thoughts about this Bears defense? Again, 
they're the reason why we won this game. There's no other way to cut it besides that. So I'm curious to your thoughts about this unit, what this game, uh, what they proved to you today, and just your expectations for them moving forward. Because a game like today, uh, or tonight, I should say, can really be a momentum builder for that side of the deck. They have confidence. They just took down one of the best, if not the best offense in the league, or at least in the NFC. And I think that's going to give them a ton of uh, swagger moving forward, which just makes me more eager to see how they're going to kind of ball out here for the last month and, of course, in the postseason. But uh, how about you, B? Any final thoughts on defense? This was a lot of fun to watch, uh, especially starts up front. I think that makes the coverage guys' uh, job a lot easier. And this is, like you said, definitely a big confidence boost, uh, especially going up next week against a rival, against a guy uh, who I don't want to say his name yet, but he always seems to give the Bears a tough time, uh, especially looking back to week one. Uh, so I, this was definitely needed for for multiple reasons. One, not just to prove to the nation, the national media, that, that hey, the Bears are for real. Uh, they won convincingly. They only allowed the high-flying Rams offense to six points, uh, but also for them. Uh, they're going to look at this, and they're going to go, we, we shut down this offense. We can shut down just about anybody out here in this league. Uh, and I think that, that does a lot for a team psyche, and I – Really expect some good things uh, for them to finish out this last quarter of the year. No pressure on the offense to live up to this, right? <laughs> no, not at all. What about you, Nick? I think, look, going into this game, no way did I think this Bears defense would do what it did to this Rams offense. Six points, four interceptions, a hold Gurley under 30 yards rushing. Insane. And I think, look, the big thing here with this Bears defense, they finished. They played from start to finish great defense. That hasn't happened for a lot of these games and a lot of the losses that it was because the defense couldn't finish at times maybe. But in this one, they definitely did. And this should be this should be what they're striving for each and every week that, look, Green Bay's next. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere with most standard algorithm. In the order it was received, please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Look, it doesn't matter how you start. It's about how you finish. And this defense definitely finished strong. So this is what you want to see. Uh, week in, week out with a unit that's definitely capable of it. They have enough playmakers just about wanting to do it. I think that's what it is. Can we do this consistently? And now they have obviously their next test being Green Bay, like I just mentioned, and I think they definitely can. So let's see what happens. But this defense played lights out. Amazing. Number one in the NFL for a reason. I love it. Love the optimism. Love the confidence. I think they proved it. Fun fact, Danny Trevathan said after the game that uh, they don't believe they've even played their best ball yet on defense, uh, that there's still a lot more underneath the hood that they're kind of waiting to kind of bubble out. So uh, he didn't say bubble out or underneath the hood. Those are my words. <laughs> um, I just want to make sure I'm clear there. I should have said end quote, but I did not. Um, but no, this defense to me proved everything tonight. And the thing about this team in general, uh, especially the defense, I would say, is that they really play to the level of their competition. You play a bad team, you see a little bit of a worse game from them. But if they play a good team, they rise to the occasion, which of course is going to be beneficial as we kind of enter January. Um, but today they went toe to toe against the best offense in the NFL, uh, one that many defenses have been unable to uh, find a way to stop. Um, they stopped them and then some. So for me, 
Um, there's no other way to say it than besides uh, they made us proud tonight. And if they can play like this each and every week, this Bears team can make a very serious run here in the playoffs because if they play like they did tonight, not many offenses can score against them. Uh, it's simple as that. All right, brothers, it's time to head to the fourth and final quarter, and we need to begin like we always do, and that's with a quick hit on special teams. Uh, there are actually a few different things we can talk about here, which might not be such a quick hit this week. Um, so I want to begin with Anthony Miller returning kicks. Uh, we didn't see a lot of it, uh, thankfully, uh, that, because that means the Rams didn't score a lot. But is that something that you want to kind of see more moving forward? Because I'm all for it. As long as it's not Taquan Mazzell, I think I'm okay with it. You know what? I don't know about this. This is a guy that had a shoulder injury earlier in the season, and I think it's just a, a breath of fresh air at a return man, but Anthony Miller's important on this offense. You take him out, who are you going to at wide receiver? Obviously, they usually dress Gabriel, Robinson, Miller, and Bellamy. Take out Miller, then you, you have to bring either Kevin White or uh, uh, Wimps. So that really can get iffy and uh, – in terms of who's playing wide receiver, if you're just getting him an extra opportunity to maybe make a play or to possibly get injured. And look, I, I think Anthony Miller just in the open space can do some things. I just don't know if it's, the, it's the right move. I think you can find somebody else, just someone who's not as val- That sounds wrong to say, not as valuable for, for the offense, for the team. <laughs> They're all valuable, but you, you guys know what I'm saying. Well, I, understand I think that point. same argument though, could be made for Tariq Cohen returning punts too, though. Right. Yeah, it definitely can. And Terry Cohen, if you lose him, whew, who knows what happens? But yeah, I don't know. I just that's just my opinion on it. I don't want Anthony Miller back there. I think you can find somebody else. What happened to Cunningham? He never like got right? his job back. He was good at that, you know, when he was on the Rams. Um, however many years ago that was now, He's but a snail he was good. now. Yeah, yeah. They got to find somebody. I don't know if Anthony Miller is the right guy. Okay. I mean, no, your point about his shoulder is super valid. I mean, as someone in my life suffering dislocated shoulders, I know like how reoccurring that can potentially be. So limiting those kind of, you know, head on hits that you kind of get on a kickoff return makes sense. I'm just glad they tried something else besides Mazzell mm-hmm. or Cunningham because we haven't really figured that out yet. So at least they're testing the waters and Anthony Miller's dynamic uh, with the ball in his hand. So he was probably the most dynamic person uh, to receive a kickoff in the Bears uniform so far this season. All right. So special teams. Uh, <laughs> we talked about the fake punt for the Rams and how that kind of impacted uh, the Bears. But I think we should talk about that botched <laughs> fake attempt uh, that we tried to do when we went uh, lined up for a punt and then we tried to do a mass substitution um, with our punt <laughs> team to our offense. And Bobby Massey ran into the referee, which I do believe, though, regardless of that fact, they would have had to allow the Rams to substitute because we did. So I don't know if I don't know if that would have mattered, but we still weren't able to run the play because of the whole official timeout. So even if you would have caught them in a scramble, regardless. So even if they would have had the chance to put their defense back on the field, they would have been you know last second, last just second, half of them, you know, yeah, getting their yeah, helmets off, yeah. and then you have to turn around. They wouldn't have been on the same page. That would have been a good play for us. Um, but it didn't work out. Thank you, Bobby Massey, for running over the referee. Uh, is there anything else that you want to say about that? Do you like that decision? It was an interesting one um, at that. Nagy like- was, you know, he was really adamant about he it. Was. He was pissed, <laughs> to be completely honest. I mean, he put the play call sheet in front of his mouth so he didn't see the, you know, the slander that was coming out of it. He was, he was angry, and rightfully so, because that could have been a pivotal, or I don't, I don't even remember when that actually happened in the game. But look, it could have worked. 
catching any team, regardless if it's a defense, offense, off guard, gives you more of an opportunity to get that play in your favor. So I wish it would have happened, but Massey, you know, he's just doing his job. He loves to block. The guy was in front of him, so he's sticking (laughs) out of the way. So I guess that's good for Massey moving forward, but man. Out of all the places you could be, the ref, of course, is right in front of you, and you have to run him over. Oh, my goodness. that was It was frustrating, <laughs> but funny at the same time. I also don't know what he was doing because he was, like, the last person out there by, like, a long stretch. I know. <laughs> I was like, uh, Bobby, uh, the offense is out there. He's like, no! <laughs> Turns around. Um, so that was another interesting part of special teams. And then finally, uh, Cody Parkey, uh, two of three. I mean, Two or three, it's not great, um, but he hit the upright again and sold the field, so maybe he needs to bump up um, the time that he's there practicing. I know we have one more home game in the regular season, and then we should be able to have one the first round of the playoffs, so he needs to ensure that uh, he's hitting those kicks, but the right before he uh, missed it, he did was on an eight-kick streak. Um, so, I mean, that's something. I still miss Robbie Gold, but uh, that's something. Is there anything that you guys want to mention about uh, Cody Parking that? Are you... Are you Confidence dwindling yet again? Or are you just, is this what it is at this point? I'm just curious. Brendan, you go ahead. Is, is your confidence dwindling with Cody Parkey? No, uh, I kind of thought the whole process for him was weird. Just the way he kicked it in his follow through, it just didn't look smooth. Uh, so I, he had to have done something wrong, uh, took a wrong step or stutter stepped, or he, he had to have done something because it just didn't look right. But the other two kicks that he made, I thought were pretty swift, pretty solid right through it. So yeah, I think he had to have screwed something up either in his mind or in his footwork, his arm swing. I don't know what all goes into your psyche for kicking. So I, he, I think he had to have screwed something up just on his own. Yeah, I will bring up something else on the special teams. And Warren Sharp actually, uh, it was, it's actually it, really smart. Um, so he, it, the tweet is next level time wasting here. This is with seven minutes and seven seconds in the fourth quarter, and the Bears intentionally have Ben Broniker. Uh, false start because it makes the clock burn an additional 25 seconds uh, before the punt. So that's just smart in itself. Matt Nagy, just knowing that the way the game it's going and it, right now it's 15 to six at that point. Hey, we don't want to give them any additional time. Let's have Ben Broniker do a, you know, intentional false start, burn 25 seconds, then punt the play. It's that. So Nagy here, and this goes to, um, uh, you know, just the special teams in general, just thinking outside of the box, you, you know, instead of just going and switching, normally you switch late and then having this happen, it's, it's these little details that can help you win football games. And I'm glad that the bears are looking to every single way to give them an advantage. Yeah, no, that was very, uh, that was a very, uh, hmm, I guess, ingenious move uh, to do one of those because you don't see that a lot. And I bet you the league is going to look at that and be like, hmm, are we going to allow that in the future? Uh, we'll see. We'll talk about it in March. But no, <laughs> for now, since it's legal, I like it a lot, and I'm glad that uh, they had the you know wherewithal to actually go ahead and execute that and kill some time. Because, I mean, you've seen in the past, teams would just go up there, punt with plenty of time on the clock, and then you give the other team so many more seconds to kind of work with. So to milk it for all it's worth, uh, even though uh, it was only like halfway or a little bit more than halfway through the quarter, very smart move indeed. All right, guys. All we need to do now is uh, two last things. Uh, we need to grade this game and then our two-minute warning and close up shop. Actually, that sounds very sad considering our circumstances. So I don't want to say close up shop. Um, but let's go ahead and grade this game. Brandon, you're up first. 
Well, you had to go to me first, didn't you? Sitting here battling percentages and numbers in my head. Here, how about this? You think for one more second. Bill Zimmerman just tweeted out, and this is a hell of a stat. Uh, the Rams only had two total drives longer than 19 yards tonight. So just put that in perspective. Wow. Well, that really sways my grade. Then uh, <laughs> I give it. I, I'll give it. I'll give it a B because I mean, when the defense is doing that kind of stuff, uh, I think they. I don't think they gave up 100 yards of total offense until late in the third quarter. And this is just a very solid defensive performance, and that's really what kept the Bears in the game. Jordan Howard was able to step up. Uh, was able to shoulder load an offense for him. Uh, Trubisky come back was a little rusty, uh, as we've seen seen some interesting special teams moments. Uh, so all of it kind of combined, uh, it was a win. Uh, it was an ugly win, uh, but since it's a win and the Bears won in dominating fashion on defense, which is something that I love, uh, I'm going to give it a B. All right, B sounds reasonable to me. How about you, Nick? You know what? I'm thinking about this. When you look at the Bears' offense and only 13 points they scored, was it really the entire offense or Mitch Trubisky that was really holding them back? When you look at it that way, the running game got going, the receivers were open, the throws just weren't there. And look, Mitch, this is Mitch's first game back in two games after an injury. So factor that in, the way the defense played, uh, Cody Parkey making two or three uh, you know, field goals and them ultimately getting the win, I think I have to give this an A. They boy. beat a team that was 11-1 coming into this game. And look, they could have clinched their first round by. Now they have to do they have to play another week to try and do that. The Bears didn't allow them to come in Soldier Field to have possibly a two-game losing streak. No, they defended Soldier Field and won. Beat arguably the best team in football right now, 15 to 6. Stopped a great offense. That's exactly what you want to see. Mitch Trubisky does need to get better, but it wasn't the whole entire offense's fault for the way they played. And they also stopped Aaron Donald. He didn't get a sack in this game. He had 16 and a half coming in. So factor all that in. I have to give it an A. They will get better. The offense will get better. But look at what that defense did. I mean, it really raises the grade, but I have to finalize it. I wish I had my red pen, but it is an A. Awesome stuff. I'm hopping on the A train as well. And yeah, I'm thinking about Anthony Thomas too, the early 20, uh, 20s, 20s. No, it's 2000s. Call. But um, no, Nick, you hit on all the great points. It's without, it, with Trubisky struggles, it's harder to grade the rest of this offense. And you take away those struggles. And if they play within the system, execute those plays, we're talking about a whole different score and a whole different uh, outcome of this game. But still, Nick, you hit it. We beat the Rams, and that's all that matters. We have our signature win. The Rams came in with an 11-1 and record. They were averaging over 30 points a game. They had six on two short fields. Well, one short field, one with a fake punt. Sorry. But still, <laughs> they were able to hold them to six. Todd Gurley, no factor. Jared Goff, no factor. Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods. You know, Robert Woods had 67 yards. But even then, it wasn't much of a factor. And then on defense, like you said, Aaron Donald, no. Sue, no. Peters, no. I mean, they had their interceptions, but like they weren't shutting down everything we had to do. It's like all their playmakers that everyone was talking about on a national stage week in, week out, the Bears showed them up, and that's all that matters at the end of the day. So they're going to get an A from me as well because anytime you beat a team that's uh, leading your conference uh, heading into a, in a December game, you have to you, you have to give it an A. I don't care about style points at this point. At the end of the end of the day, we got the result that we were all hoping for. We got that signature win. So for me, it's an A. Uh, we can break it down in nitty gritty. We've been doing that for over an hour now, and uh, mm-hmm. still, I'm very satisfied with tonight's game. It was a very old school, 
uh, you know, black and blue defensive game, and that's totally okay with me. I'm a Chicago Bears fan. I'm used to that. I don't need uh, an offense that scores 30-plus points, although I would not complain with one either. <laughs> All right, guys, one last thing to do. It's going to be a two-minute warning, and, of course, this is where we usually wrap up our thoughts on the game, put things in perspective moving forward, but I just want to do it with a question this week. Let's do something a little bit different. Are the Bears contenders? That's going to be the question because I think now – is the perfect time to ask it because you beat the Rams. We're here in December. I want to know, is this team for real? Can this team do it? Can this team go to the Super Bowl? Can they win a Super Bowl? These are words that have never been out of our mouths on this show. And we try not to be, you know, uh, say these things too early. And, you know, we've done the same thing with uh, playoffs earlier this year. That's now a possibility. But when you do what you did tonight on defense, I am starting to believe that they, if they play up to their abilities, can seriously make a run at this thing. But I'm curious to know your thoughts. Let's go to Brandon first. Well, I hate to, to burst your bubble, but Nick and I had an audio mailbag where someone asked if it was okay to dream about the Super Bowl. And at that time, it was just a dream. And we said, you know what, go ahead and dream. Uh, but now we're getting we're getting close to where, you know, if there's some outside factors that the Bears can't, you know, really aren't in control of, uh, then I would say, yeah, it's it's possible. I give it a very slim chance. There's got to be a lot of things that play uh, in the Bears' favor, but I wouldn't say, you know, I'm going to not rule it out at this point. Uh, I could tell you I'm worried about Dallas. They're playing really, really well right now. Uh, really worried about having to go down in New Orleans because uh, I imagine that's the road that it's going to have to go through because uh, they are just – they're an incredibly tough offense. And you know what? I think the Bears defense is up to that task. Uh, they showed it tonight. Uh, shut down a very potent offense. Uh, so I think that they could they could go down there and at least put up a good fight. I don't know that they'd be able to hold New Orleans to six points at home. That'd be really, really impressive. Uh, but I, there's, uh, I would say, a slight chance. It's not impossible. It's not impossible. You're right. There is a real realistic uh, road that the Bears can actually drive on down uh, all the way to the Super Bowl here. Uh, I mean, it's not going to be an easy one. There's going to be some detours, some bumps, some potholes, some maneuvering along the way. But Nick, is this a time to start, you know, raising expectations, or maybe not raising expectations, but start believing in some higher aspirations for this team? Yes, yes, and no. Look, this team is uh, nine and four in the first year with Matt Nagy as head coach and all the components that are now on this team from, um, you know, just from the, the turnover change that that happened last year. But the, the bears are six and one at home. I think if they were, and they still can, they have green Bay, the 49ers and Minnesota, they can somehow get a, you know, a first round buy and have, you know, the, the playoffs come through to Chicago. That would really benefit because going down to new Orleans, that's tough, but, Look, they were just stopped by Dallas's defense. They they scored 10 points in that game and the Bears did an even better job scoring a Ram, with a Rams offense with only allowing 6. The the biggest the, it all revolves around Mitch Trubisky. Let's be completely honest. The defense can play lights out, but if Mitch Trubisky's not able to get his offensive position and scores, turning over the ball, just not running the offense like Matt Nagy wants it to, then the Bears we can have dreams of a Super Bowl. It's hard to do it a first year, though. It really is. I think they're a very talented football team. It's going to come down to Mitch Trubisky, and he's not going to play like he did tonight. That's not that's not the consistent Mitch that we, we've seen all season, but it does come down to him. I don't think – it's not Super Bowl this year. I'm going to say it right now. 
They're a great football team. I know I'm not, I don't even have the comments up. I'm not going to look at any of this because they're probably bashing me <laughs> right now, but I just, I just don't see it yet, but they're a great football team. They're already exceeding expectations. Who had a bit? Uh, actually, I think I had them at like 10 and six. So what am I, what am I saying right now? They, they need to meet my standards first and then we can keep going with this, but the bears are a great football team. They beat a great opponent. Let's see if they can just take it week by week. I won't say super bowl this year, but they're definitely in the works to get there. You're not talking about well, see, your. Go ahead. They've already exceeded my expectations. I had them not even winning eight games. So yeah, I'm talking about regular I say it's season. Not impossible. Like before oh, the no. season, did you have ten and six, Nick? Before the it's season, either ten and six. Or I'm gonna nine go. And seven. I'm pretty sure it's nine and seven. I'm gonna open up our uh, oh, contraband magazine <laughs> and we'll figure it out. <laughs> it might be nine and seven. Okay, so they've they've met my expectation. Well, they're gonna exceed it. What do you think, Will? I think it's possible. <laughs> I'm a Chicago Bears fan. I know what good defenses can do. I saw a team with Rex Grossman at quarterback go to a Super Bowl. It's mm-hmm. a different NFL now. I know that. But when the defense plays like they did tonight, they give me a lot of hope and a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of encouragement about what they could potentially do down the road. Because like I said about the offense in the first half of this show, I know they have more potential than what they showed tonight. So it's just all about putting out together that complete game. We've seen this offense score 40 points, like 40 plus points this season. And yeah, that was against some worse defenses, but we know they have the capabilities. We know that Matt Nagy can find a way to get it done. Even it has to be the most odd of routes with having two defenders on the field, three defenders on the field, and then throwing a freaking fade ball up to your uh, swing tackle, whatever you have to do to get the job done. But I think this team can do it. Um, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but by golly, wouldn't it be a lot of fun to talk about Andy Reid's best po- coaching candidate that he said he's ever had in Matt Nagy going to Chicago and meeting him in the Super Bowl that year, Chiefs Bears. Now that would be a storyline and a half, and it's possible. Yeah, Mahomes, Trubisky too. I mean, it's it, it just, the picture just paints itself, guys. It's gonna happen. Maybe. Yeah, I hope so. I you know we'll see. Let's. Let's let it happen. Let's just kind of week by week. I'll be at the next game. So you guys will be talking about it on the next post game show. I will be freezing my butt off at Soldier Field, hopefully watching the Bears get another win. And their first win in Green Bay since God knows how long. Yeah, it's been quite some time. So in Green Bay. I mean, against Green Bay. Sorry. And I was like, wait a minute. Well, since when do we play there twice? Yeah, I still want to go there. That would be a cool place it's to go. It's a lot of fun. We'll do it one year. Don't worry. We might not be who we are now, but we'll do it. We'll do it. <laughs> we'll do it. <laughs> All right. So in short, Bears Super Bowl possibility? Yes. Realistic? Kind of. So we'll figure it out week by week. Let's see what this team can do. But I know they can play better than they did on offense and defense. Danny Dravathan says they have more that they can bring to the table. And by golly, if that's the case, I really do believe that anything is possible this season. So we'll see what can happen. And Fun fact, too, uh, Kevin Fishbane tweeted this out. The Bears have 34 takeaways this season. The last team to have more than 34 was the 2015 Panthers. They had 39, and, of course, they went to the Super Bowl. So, and lost. Okay, you didn't do that. I said went <laughs> to the kidding. Super Bowl. I didn't <laughs> say they won the Super I know. Bowl. I know. I <laughs> know. All right, well, obviously, we're going off the rails here, so we're going to go ahead and just kind of wrap this up, and that's going to do it for this episode of our podcast. I want to thank you again to everyone uh, for everyone for the support over the years. Again, uh, things are more than likely going to be changing this week. And um, I know a lot of you have already vocalized this, but I just hope that you will stick through us throughout this process. Um, again, um, if it all works out as I hope on the technology side, 
Um, for you listening on the podcast, you should be able to keep your subscription, still get our show despite the whole name change and, of course, uh, some cosmetic stuff as well. Um, so, yeah, we'll just potentially be under a new name, um, and you'll know when the time comes. We're still kind of uh, working out some of the details. Uh, spoiler alert, I have two ideas that I'm currently kind of uh, tossing up in the air. Brandon and Nick know what they are. We're going to wait. Grand uh, grand avail, uh, what, unveiling, I think that's the best way to go about this. So, uh, stay tuned. Um, so, with that said, and I haven't used my catchphrase uh, from 2016 at all really this year, <laughs> I just want to be upfront with everyone here. I don't know how this is going to affect our Week 15 preview shows. I know we can have them here on YouTube, so if you're listening to the podcast and you don't see anything from us, please check YouTube, because I know we can have them here on YouTube, but I don't know if we can get a podcast out with our old transition uh, this week on a different website, so... Please bear with us. We will figure this out, and I promise to have it up and running by the next post-game show at the very latest. Um, I know it's a very big week, um, and I want to make sure that uh, we set ourselves up in a way that we're still in a position to find for you to find us. All right, so we're going to see you. I'm going to say we're going to see you on the other side. But until then, please enjoy your victory Monday. Again, the Bears win 15-6 against the L.A. Rams and finally snag their signature win. So until next time, on the other side of whatever bridge or that lies in front of us that we're going to figure out, uh, for one last time here, as um, the name that I can't say, you know who we are, but uh, bear down, Chicago. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance Corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere, with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com slash protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.